Welcome, everybody. Uh, my name is Hunter Boyle, Content Director for Marketing Experiments. Thanks for joining us. We have a special clinic today, B2B success stories for tests with gains of 21% to 254%. Uh, as some of you may know who have been on this call before, we try and make these very interactive. So if you're new to the call or if you've been with us before, please use the Q&A feature in GoToWebinar. We will try and answer as many questions as possible. Uh, we do have a lot of people registered and on the call today, and we have an awful lot of good stuff to get through for excellent case studies and a lot of information to get through. So we'll be moving very quickly, and we'll be asking you to let us know how we're doing with the pacing. Um, with that said, I'm going to go on to the next slide. I'll introduce some of our presenters here, and then we will talk a little bit about the B2B case studies that our audience members have set in. Some of our co-presenters on the call today include Jimmy Ellis, our Director of Optimization, Aaron Rosenthal, our Director of Channels, uh, Boris Grinko, our Senior Research Strategist, and we have a special guest today, Matt Dombrow, the, the Master of Clickability for ClickSo. Um, again, this is a special clinic because it's comprised of case studies from our audience, from members like you who have been on our clinics, at our workshops, who have gone through the certification courses and have applied the marketing experiments conversion sequence and methodology to your own pages, to your own sites. You've done testing. These are some of the results that you've gotten. And I just want to make a, a, a personal thank you right here to everyone who's taking the time to send in this information, uh, not only just to learn it with us and through these different channels that I mentioned, but to give us their feedback and let us know how it worked. And um, this is very, this is very, uh, this is very good stuff here. So we're going to uh, make sure that everyone has a chance to see how applying these lessons from the marketing experiments conversion sequence got to the gains that we're going to look at here. As, as far as the conversion sequence itself, um, we go into this in depth. Again, if you're new on the call, we have a lot more detailed information about this on our site, in these certification courses and workshops that we do, on our blog we do pieces of it, and with the amount of time we have here today, we don't really have time to get into it in too much detail. I'll just break it down really quickly to let you know some of the key points that we will be talking about today. Uh, C is probability of conversion. M refers to user's motivation. V, value proposition. We talk a lot about that. Incentive, friction, and anxiety. These are some of the keys in the marketing experiments conversion sequence. We'll be looking at how these elements have applied to the sites and the tests that have been going on with the uh, B2B audience here. And with that, I want to turn our first case study over for ThreadLogic to Jimmy Ellis and uh, Aaron Rosenthal. Jimmy, Aaron, are you there? Yep, here. <laughs> so this is, this is our first one. And once again, these are case studies from people that have been on these calls and applied our our, our kind of best practices and our methodology with the conversion index. So the, the first one is Thread Logic, and they do custom logo embroidery for businesses and, uh, and with their apparel and accessories. What they're trying to do 
was basically improve their logo submission form and logo evaluation process to get more customers because they always, they always had questions about the process. So go ahead and hit the next slide and we'll just take a look at the actual process that the customer uh, will actually go through. So here it is. The top left, that's the landing page. That's where everybody was currently going. Uh, and at, at that top link, it says free logo evaluation. You see the next page is their actual landing page that they used. And what we're specifically, specifically focusing on right here is once they click that submit logo button, it's the one that we have circled in the middle of the page, they would actually get this form. And that's the original logo submission form to submit their logo. They've got to fill that out and hit submit. And so what they wanted to do is test a different version of that to see if they could get more people to actually complete the process. So go ahead and let's take a look at the next slide and we'll look at the original uh, versus the actual control page. I'm sorry, sorry, the control versus the treatment page. So I don't know, that's the original one that people had to fill out. And that's a pretty standard form for something like this, whether it's some kind of graphics or logo submission or business cards. Uh, this is a, a pretty typical standard process. Well, what they did is they made it, when you hit that submit logo button, you actually got this second version on the right, which is basically um, saying, hey, shoot us an email about what you're looking for to this personal email address, jeff at threadlogic.com, and, and, and basically they would follow up with you um, to figure out what you guys needed and, and hopefully to help you out with your with your logo and embroidery stuff. So you set the control. Um, makes it quick and easy to actually submit your file and everything like that. The second one, you have to actually email them the information. Um, so let's look at the actual results. Next slide. So the control, so the, the standard that almost everybody uses, 4.06% conversion to treatment, the one that is, is almost counterintuitive because it's asking you to send them an email, actually converted to 8.4%. And our, our main point is that the personalization, the, the basically starting a conversation with them in the second version by having to write an email and just basically tell them what you think or, or tell them your problems about you know, what you're trying to do with your embroidery uh, work actually got them, you know, 106% more people actually did it. And then from those, I believe it was, actually, if you look at the next slide real quick, um, I think it was a 40% of those people actually converted to Order. So look at the blue box there. Uh, this is actually from Jeff, who worked with Logic. It says, um, they're still converting about 40% of these free local submission requests into orders. And so for this particular talk, it's a kind of counterintuitive, non-standard way, not only got them a higher quality, or sorry, a higher quantity, but also a higher quality of orders uh, going through the process. So that was, that was pretty interesting. Go back again to the previous slide, slide seven real quick, just to show everybody. Uh, some of those results. Yeah, so, for example, in the blue box at the bottom, I mean, these points from Jeff are pretty important. People won't write a message on an anonymous form, but they will write a message to Jeff. So basically what he got from the email was so much more than what a typical customer would actually put in the web form on the site. So, like I said, so the personalization, that talking to a real person, and they're saying it in their own you know, words through the email, uh, like I said, got them quantity and quality. Because the quantity, because it was just simple to put the, the actual email link and get there, which is, like I said, it's kind of counterintuitive to a lot of things that we see. And then uh, getting them to, like, literally start a conversation through email, because email is so much more personal than an online web form, um, like I said, it just looks like there's significant gains. I think that's it for that one. Yeah, I think that was already yeah, for that. Uh, make a great yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's talk about the, what else. What else we could do with these pages? I think that is. Uh, 
Can you keep going? Something that you mentioned there with uh, with the people and the conversation thing there, uh, I just want to yeah. mention because the other case study we have later features that as well, and I think it's important to point out what you touched on, uh, the personal touch, the conversation there, the idea of people not buying from websites, people buying from people, that was, a, that was a big factor in this test. It shows up in another one of the case studies, and I just wanted to mention uh, that you touched on that, and it's a key point there. Yeah, absolutely. So, we actually have some more, um, some more suggestions for these pages because, you know, they were taking people from a top nav link to a landing page and then to those forms. And, and let's go ahead and pop up the actual suggestions. I mean, we can we can actually have comments from our audience as well. If you, if there are things you see that we can improve the actual landing page, which is the middle page, please send them in so we can help uh, Jeff a little bit more with some of these suggestions, but there's one on here that we actually don't have listed, which is probably one of the most critical ones, which is going to be don't make someone go through a top nav homepage link. Now, if that obviously natural search traffic, they're going to go to the homepage and that's the only way to do it, but um, for any type of paid traffic or traffic you have control over, whether it's through email, whether it's pay-per-click, a banner ad, or partnerships, whatever, send them directly to this free local evaluation form if you can control the call to action, like to get people directly there instead of having to go through that process. Um, it may be a, a you basically sending them to a dedicated landing page is going to reduce the friction in the process. They're not going to have to evaluate everything on the home page. It's a dedicated page just to get them to do that one objective. Some of our other suggestions are, you know, their current page says submit logo instead of, um, you know, tell us where to send you a free evaluation or uh, submit free logo eval, something like that that reemphasizes re the actual free and it feels more valuable to the customer. We also have the actual design of the button, so not just what it says, but, you know, it needs to, to stand out on the page. It needs to be clear for the customer to actually find that call to action so they know how to continue on the page. So changing the color, the size, the shape. Uh, or even the position putting at the bottom of the content so that over on the right uh, might be able to get more people to that section. And we also have, um, uh, for example, placements of call to actions by the images. Like, so, so, for, so what's happening is the images are going to draw the customer's eyes down the page, so you're going to want to embed other call to actions to submit your logo within those sections if you can because those images are so strong. They're good examples. Um, the thing is limit bold text. So, you know, use bold text where it's going to emphasize the right points, not just everyone on the page. This page isn't bad at all. <clears throat> so those are just a quick additional analysis. If you guys have any other suggestions, shoot it over to us in your, uh, in your, in your chat panel there, and Hunter can pull some of those out. Great. Thank you, Jimmy. That's absolutely right. With uh, some of these other case studies that we're going to look at, we're going to ask for your suggestions, your questions about some things that you would test, your impressions of some of the pages, and things like that. So use the Q&A feature. Let us know how those things are, uh, are going through what you're seeing. And also keep us posted on how we're doing with the pacing. Right now, we're going to move ahead to our next case study. And this one is uh, going to be introduced by our senior research strategist, Boris Grinko. Uh, hello, everyone. So let's take a look first. Actually, awesome. Take us to the first slide. I'm going to do just a quick pop quiz for the audience. Just by glancing at this page, what do you think is the name of the company that brings you this offer? I'll just take real quick a couple of answers from the audience. Uh, but let's go back for uh, in a second. I'll, I'll introduce the, the scenario. So this company here was producing industry-specific magazines, and uh, their 
email and the internet subscriptions were declining, so they wanted to modify their landing page for subscriptions and renewals uh, based on marketing experiments methodology. And we have here, uh, uh, this is great, let's go to the next slide. The answers that are coming in, uh, I'm definitely seeing about 75% of answers are producers web, right? Because that's the thing at the very top, the most prominent um, graphic is in the upper left corner, that's what we find to be kind of a, the uh, triangle of power right there, and of course this is not uh, the company that we're talking about. Uh, this, I believe, is a banner ad. So from the very beginning, you see that the conversation with the visitor is, is starting off on their own foot. Uh, when we talk about um, how we lay out pages, we always want to start a conversation. So, so from the headline, from the very beginning, we want to start expressing the value proposition, uh, lead to an introductory paragraph, maybe a couple of bullet points, and then give the person a reason to fill out the form. In this case, uh, the form is entirely focused, or this page is entirely focused, really, on just getting information. It's not really focused on communicating value. Um, in fact, how many of you noticed the call to action here at the top that says subscribe now? Uh, it's really in, in the wrong place. It's too early. We haven't started the conversation yet. Um, and, of course, the form, you can't see the whole thing here, but it's fairly lengthy. And uh, also, very importantly, that both renewal, uh, customers and new customers get the same exact page. There's no differentiation. So the form is not pre-populated uh, and the uh, value proposition is expressed the same exact way. Uh, we can keep going to the next slide. Uh, so this is uh, treatment one. This is something that uh, Senior Market Advisor redesigned initially. And you can see now there's a strong headline. Uh, there, there are images that support that headline, you can tell what the product is. So you have that conversation starting with the customer, from the headline to supporting images to the introductory paragraphs that starts talking about the value proposition of this product, a couple of bullet points, and then testimonials, which are great because what you want is always have third-party credibility indicators supporting your value proposition. What your customers can say about you is much more valuable than anything you can say about yourself. And here still there's, of course, a couple issues anyway. There's still no customization for renewal versus uh, new customers. Uh, the form is still lengthy, and it's cut off here in the slide just for uh, presentation purpose, but it's still a very long form. You still have that yes-no option. Obviously, if it's a no, uh, there doesn't seem to be a point to that, real, to that question. Um, but at least friction has been reduced a little bit, and you have that conversation from top to bottom of the page. You have a single primary iPath that leads to the call to action at the very bottom of the form. Let's go to the next slide. So later, uh, Senior Market Advisor redesigned it yet again. And now, very importantly, they built in this functionality to differentiate between their new customers and their uh, uh, renewal customers. So you can see that there are two different versions of the top, uh, top section, uh, different headlines, different body copy, based on whether this is a new customer or someone who's coming back to, resub, uh, to renew their subscription. This is definitely uh, a critical change, and we'll see in a second what the results were. But there's also a couple other things. You, you still see that there is a continuity from top to bottom. You have that conversation from the sub-headline. In this case, we'll talk about the headline in a second. Uh, but from the sub-headline to the introductory paragraph and then to the form and call to action. Also, you have here testimonials moved over to the right column, and a lot of the time you see Great results with that by putting supporting information into a separate column. We have your primary conversation in the left column of the page, 
and then supporting with uh, items or uh, credibility indicators in the right column. Uh, we can go to the next slide. So here are the results. What happened is treatment two, uh, performed treatment one by 21%, which result, resulted in $8,000 in savings. Uh, this is something that definitely was um, just a couple of very uh, straightforward changes that they made, and of course the biggest one was still, uh, I, I would expect, that customization uh, of the value proposition statements for new customers and for repeat customers. Now let's talk about what else we can do with this state. Oh, I'm sorry, let, let me talk about the, uh, the key point here. Um, uh, what you want to do always is to sequence your visitors' thoughts. We talk about optimizing not the page itself, but really optimize, optimizing the thought process in the mind of your customer. And the way you do it, um, importantly, is by making your copy is as relevant as possible to their motivation. So in this case, if you know that they're a new customer, you customize your um, value proposition statements to them. If you know they're a renewal customer, you customize your value statements accordingly, especially you want to have that continuity from the email copy, which is what they did making sure that, let's say, the headline reflects immediately what your email says. Now, let's talk about suggestions for, for future tests. Here, um, the headline of the, uh, of the page doesn't really communicate value. It simply says subscribe. Really, the value here is communicated in the subheadline, and it could simply flip uh, or be just strengthened to communicate more value. The image on the right side, uh, what was good about the treatment one is that you had several different covers, and they kind of supported this idea of different things that senior uh, market advisor provides. This particular one doesn't really communicate a lot. It kind of gives you an idea of the physical product, but doesn't tell you as much. So it could probably be, as an image, still strengthened by being more relevant to different topics that senior market advisor covers. Uh, also, you may want to break up the copy in that introductory section at the top, because um, even though you have good subheadlines, but then it gets a little bit uh, difficult to read. You want to have a couple of bullet points so that your visitor, at a glance, would immediately capture what the key value proposition um, statements are. Also, you may want to test a two-step form. You still, still see there's a lot of fields here, and what we found sometimes that we can capture just really bare minimum information to be able to remarket to your visitor like their name and email address, or maybe just the email address, and then continue the form. And the second step, we'll get the rest of the information. So that if you did not complete the second step, you still have the email address, and you can remark it to them, uh, send active recovery messages to the effect that, you know, we saw that you attempted to sign up, uh, but you had some difficulty, and we'd like to put you back into the, the process. Uh, lastly, lastly, I just want to suggest thing, um, different tests where right now you can see at the top you have your standard navigation menu, you have your standard links, you even have an ad, a banner ad that will take the customer to a different company site altogether. So what you want to test is a page that has no exit whatsoever except through completing the form. Especially if you're uh, sending an email campaign that drives customers to this uh, landing page, you want them to have only one thing to do on this page, just fill out that form and it will be the only uh, button, the only call to action, not uh, having other things competing with your primary objective. That's all I got. Thank you, Boris. I just want to back up one slide uh, for a second here and mention a couple of the comments that some of our audience has been making on this, uh, a couple of ideas that they've had. 
please, while you're looking at this, uh, send in a couple of your own suggestions for, Q, uh, for future tests using the Q&A. Uh, one thing we had gotten from uh, Andrew, Andrew Fosk, good to see you on the call, the Save 100 button or Save 100 should be near the button. Uh, Robert Brady said the fields are so large it makes the form very intimidating. No radio button checked by default. Uh, David D'Souza said security logo. A couple people are saying uh, unify the colors, Shanna Corby. Uh, Christian Garrett says more color. Um, any other ideas for future test suggestions? Please uh, use the Q&A and throw them in. As you know, we turn these clinics into our research briefs. The submitting organizations do get to see some of these ideas from you, not just from our analysts. Here are some more. Make the form appear smaller by making it two columns, too much blank space, uh, align captions to the right for the forms. All good ideas. I also want to mention, since I think I forgot to do it, uh, I want to say thank you again to specifically the people who have uh, submitted these, uh, these test results and these case studies for us. In this case, it was Sarah Fraser. In the other case, it was uh, Jeff Textall in our first case study. Thank you again to both of you for giving us the pages and letting us go through and uh, run through the case studies, get these examples. What I'd like to do as well, some of these are still coming in. Too much text above the form. People don't read paragraphs. That's Ileana, I believe. Uh, I thought this magazine was targeted to seniors until I saw treatment too. Make it clear this is a magazine for marketers who sell to seniors. Good point, Ryan. Um, okay, great. Send form from marketing automation system to pre-fill the form feeds. That's from Carl. Great ideas, Carl. Excellent. All right, we're going to move on to our next case study now. And I just want to mention, if you uh, are sticking with us, we have the contest at the end of today's clinic. Don't worry, we'll get to that after we get through the next couple of case studies. We've got good results here, and we have a special guest, Matt Dombrow, Master of Clickability for ClickSo. A friend of ours is uh, going to go over this case study with Jimmy Ellis. And Matt and Jimmy... You guys, take it away. Sure. Hey, welcome, everybody. <laughs> we, got, we have Matt here on the, on the line, and he's going to walk us through this as, as well as me pointing out some, some uh, key insights. So here's our client. It's Blue Folder, which is an award-winning software service offering free trial signups that they converted into sales by the sales staff. So basically they're trying to improve their low conversion rate, which is 5% of their free trial signups, and uh, trying to do – the increase in conversion without increasing ad spend. So let's go ahead and take a look at their page. And, and Matt, I'm going to have you tell us what's going on here with this page. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Um, yeah, Blue Folder basically has an online software service, and as you mentioned, the, the whole goal is to get people to sign up for the free trial. Um, and they were sending a lot of traffic to their home page, which is general in nature. Um, from pay-per-click and some other online portals. And in the first week or two that we started working with them, they said, uh, hey, we know you're going to be revamping our pay-per-click, but in the meantime, lots of people are visiting our free trial page, but only 5% are filling it out. Is there anything we can do in the short run to improve uh, conversions? And so if you move to the next page, we'll start, uh, start looking at the changes that we made. Um, this was, uh, if you click on the, the free trial button from the home page or any other page from the, from the uh, website for that matter, it took you to this uh, free trial sign-up form 
And a couple of things that you'll notice right away is that uh, the name of the company is Blue Folder, but the name of the software is Blue Service. And this form was actually located at a different domain. Uh, so there was definitely a lot of um, site flow interruption and, and discontinuity. <laughs> the big disconnect there, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel like that the form was selling the value of the free trial very well. And, of course, it, it's, it's asking for a lot of information. And I think when we get to the next page, I will... Uh, speak some more about that, but why don't you take over and talk about the analysis that you did. Sure. So this is kind of our, you know, from working experiments, I'll kind of break down of, of what's going on. So uh, as you guys know, I mean, the home page is not designed for the specific objective of, you know, getting free trials. It's not a dedicated landing page. So, I mean, in terms of strategic things we can do, obviously we'll see some of the next steps, but you, you could obviously send people to a dedicated landing page instead of the home page, which is part of, of what we're going to get to. Um, the free trial form pages lead with the server team automation software, and that's in addition to the, the kind of discontinuity between blue service and blue folder. So that's the first thing I'll leave with is the server team automation software and not specifically stuff about the free trial, even though it is right there. As I said, there are no value points in here about not just – the, the version you're seeing here is, is what it is, not why should I do it. So adding more value would actually improve this process. And you also see that, that the form is labeled. I mean, so this is a free trial. Someone's coming here to get a free trial. It needs to feel free. And then they have, for example, contact information as a label for the form fields. And why do you need to contact me for a free trial? You could just say, you know, tell me where to send your access information, something similar to that, and it would be a little more easy to get that information from them without feeling like someone's going to instantly give them a call and uh, try to sell them on something. So. And you also see, in terms of the length of the form, once again, it's a free trial. Why does it need to be this long? So, you know, what you're going to see next, once we go to the next slide, is, is Matt's new version of the page, and I'll have you go over some of the changes that you made, Matt. Okay. Next slide. Yeah. I think that this slide, do we want to have the audience uh, do a little feedback first? Absolutely, or? absolutely. So what, what would you guys do to, to improve uh, the page on the left? I mean, this is the treatment on the right, and you don't know really how they did did yet, but my guess is you're thinking a lot of might did better, but what, what additional changes would you guys make on these pages to uh, hopefully get more people through the process and get them to sign up for this, uh, uh, the free trial? But go ahead and shoot them over to Hunter and just bludgeon them with comments. We like to make Hunter bleed. At the list of benefits, Keith Williams, not enough copying, Carl, David, image, remove the additional navigation, landing page should be the form field page, less clicks, more conversions. Why are a few of the fields yellow? Uh, remove nav at the top. What is the value of signing up for the free trial? I don't understand what the refer part is about. Free code means I don't need a referral code, right? Good one, Robert. Uh, explain what the free trial includes. I would still be wondering why they need my phone. Keenan, good stuff here. Bigger headlines, smaller bullets, two-step form. Lisa, Great. Keep them coming. A lot of good comments. Yeah, fantastic. No, good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, even the, we're saying about the two-step form, I mean, there's a way that if they needed those extra fields, you could do the two-step where you collect the minimum, like you see on the right, and then on the confirmation page it says, you know, please tell us more about your company so we can customize your free trial, something like that, where if that extra information does help in the, uh, the conversion process or help customize the free trial for the customer, you can actually capture that later on. That's, something that we talk about. I, I think we talked about that two-step process in almost every call that we have, but uh, it's a real smart way to do it. So let's go Let's go look at the results here. Uh, yeah, we got one more slide coming up. Oh, we got one more slide. <laughs> and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll talk through exactly. I mean, a lot of the comments that came in were consistent with, with some of the changes we made. So the first big thing is we actually put the, the – 
trial form back into the framework of the regular website and put it back in a blue folder website so we got rid of some of the disconnect going to another another domain. Uh, and then the headline there was trying to sell the value. You know, you get instant access, you get to see the full version, and those bullets were trying to hit people's hot buttons and, again, sell the value, reduce anxiety with with uh, text like we won't badger you with sales calls because we figure this is the point where people think oh, I'm going to sign up for this free trial and then they won't stop right. bugging me. So we really tried to hit those things. Then the, the little paragraph below just kind of reiterated and, and tried to help reduce anxiety uh, just letting them know exactly what's going to happen after they fill out this form um, and reiterating in the last sentence there, you know, we won't pester you, just enjoy it. It's kind of taking a conversational tone. And then we did ask the client, what is the absolute minimum amount of information you need to actually create the free trial in the system? And it actually ends up being a, you know, a two or three step process, but this, these form fields here were just the absolute minimum they needed. Um, and then, of course, at the point of action, we, we changed the copy to start my free trial and use the point of action assurance below the button to let them know our privacy policy. Um, and uh, so those were, those were the big changes we made on this form. No, I mean, this, this, there are some very, I mean, pay attention to the details on this. These screenshots and stuff are going to be on the blog. The copy, the, the, the words and the copy on this page are, are key in the anxiety-reducing pieces of what Matt just said. Those little details, like try the full version, because everybody thinks they're going to get some light, quote-unquote, light version without all the full features. Things like nothing to download, so you don't have to worry about configuring something crazy on your machine that you might not be able to do. The sales calls, he already mentioned it. Um, all the features, like basically you'll get the access to all the features. So like that, once again, it's the full version, nothing left out. And that paragraph of text, we use it for all, whether it's a paid up front free trial or a regular free trial, we use this type of text and instructions and clarity before we ask people for information because it helps them know why you need the information. So this one says, I'm going to read this because it's important. Enter your name and email address below and you will be granted access to Blue Service during your free trial. Our support team will send you a few emails. I mean, look at the conversational tone. Look at how that is actually written and said. These emails will contain your private login password, setup tips, customer support, contact information, and a reminder when your trial is ending. Other than that, we won't pester you. I mean, that Personalization and, 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 and relationship-based copy works so well to reduce anxiety that we, we see we always see little bumps in conversion every time we use it. So all of the stuff that we've seen come up from from our research and case studies, and even from our users on, on the calls like Matt and his team, um, like I said, they're using this stuff and it's working. So go ahead and let's look at the actual results that we had that you had. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, immediately, literally the next day, uh, since they were getting a lot of traffic to the site on a daily basis, it just doubled uh, the amount of uh, free trials they were getting. And over time, that was sustained, and it did result in um, actual paid subscriptions at the end of the day. Not at all. Very cool. So th but that's not it. <laughs> we're not done. There's more. There's more. All right, let's go to the next slide. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. So. The, uh, as I mentioned, the, the test we just looked at, that was the first cut week or two that we started working with them. Then we really started digging into their pay-per-click campaigns, which was driving the large majority of their traffic. And they weren't segmented very well. They weren't categorized very well. So we went through and completely revamped their campaigns. And in doing that, uh, we identified a particular group of keywords for IT professionals, people that go out and service people's computers or companies' computers. Um, their software was perfect for those individuals. It's not only for IT people. So the website was general in nature, and we thought if we could take those IT-related keywords and really um, create a targeted landing pages that hit their hot buttons in particular that we could 
produce even more results. So let's um, go to the next page and look at that. Um, so this is, um, we took, uh, and some of the advice, advice people gave earlier, we did create a linear sort of uh, conversion path. So the, the keywords like IT service software, and you can see the pay-per-click ad at the top, um, were directed directly to this page, not to the home page. There wasn't really any navigation to go anywhere else. Um, and although you can't see all the copies specifically, you can see there the headline we led with award-winning. They had won an award, um, and it was actually pretty impressive. It was uh, like business software of the year, and they had a nice write-up in an article. So on the right in that gray bar, we actually supported the copy on the left where we, we used quotes from the article um, and also testimonials, but not just any testimonials. Um, that middle section um, after we after we sold the benefits of the software, uh, the middle section was all about the security of the system and the data security, which we, we identified was really important to IT tech people. And the and the testimonials over on the right specifically were testimonials about um, the data security and the reliability of the system. So uh, again, a, a linear path thinking about the IT professional, and then we used that same. Um, free trial sign-up page that we had put in their main website right at the bottom of the uh, right at the bottom of this page, and throughout the page there was a few text links. You know, skip down to free trial, or the the button on the right there didn't take uh, all the way on the top didn't take you to another page, but rather just skip right down to the free trial sign-up. So, Jim, yeah, this, this is this is a fantastic implementation of the conversion index and and. And, and things that, that we've done that we, we see work really well. You took that and ran with it. And, I mean, it, it, even in your explanation, you're giving people not just what you did but why, and, and that, that is priceless. You know, he didn't just throw any testimonials over there. They were related to the award or the security of the product. In terms of the product details, I mean, they built it out, the vertical flow. And one thing that he, I don't think you mentioned on here was that you embedded the form on this landing page instead of having a separate page. For example, they're currently going to the home page, then to the landing page, but this one they're going to come directly to this page using pay-per-click, and so we reduce the actual number of steps in the process. So, like I said, the award-winning, he doesn't only mention it in the headline, but it's proven right down the right using that blue asterisk to call attention, and then the actual excerpt from the, the, the award right below it. So these are the types of things that are really going to help communicate to your visitors why they should continue with this process. It's all about how you communicate with the customer. This is a fantastic job. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Yes. <laughs> the results were very dramatic. We didn't we literally didn't touch anything in their pay per click. We didn't change any ads, we didn't change any bidding strategies or anything. We just sent them to that, that landing page instead of the home page. And you can see the results there not only, you know, bumped the conversion dramatically but reduced the cost per free trial. Uh, I mean, dramatically as well. $300 to $80 cost per conversion. That's uh, Those are the types of numbers I want to see. <laughs> yeah. the, we're doing. <laughs> the, the, great, the great part about it as well, once we created that one landing page in that form, we were able to basically just take the same landing page and tweak it a little bit for each different pay-per-click category or group of keywords that weren't even IT-related, just change the title, change a few other things, and we're able to duplicate these types of results across most of the pay-per-click campaign. Yeah, go to that, go to that next slide. Actually, we actually got a little excerpt from you saying that, and, and, and this is yeah. this is extraordinarily important. It, it's what he's talking about is, is basically micro segmentation. He was taking lower performing 
keywords and building a dedicated page just for those terms that communicate more effectively with his customers using the template that works best. So all of this, we're talking about customizing headlines, subheadlines, and maybe emphasizing some of the content related to those that text uh, on the page. It is not a radical, totally different design. Every single element was was changed for it. It's those little details to help communicate in the headline and getting them in the page that that ad went to the landing page that was very specific to that keyword term, and that page communicated for this particular service why they should use it. And like I said, he's like I said, you basically been able to for all those keywords be able to duplicate the results, right? Yeah, we were able to again take that landing page, and and the great part was that the tweaks uh, were very minor. I mean, I might have spent a half an hour on each new landing page and was able to duplicate similar results across different categories of keywords. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it just with just with customizing a headline, and that's it. That you can get a bump up, um, you know, right. going from paper to keywords to landing pages. Obviously, a few more tweaks to make it even more relevant adds to the value of that. So that's fantastic, Matt. I really appreciate it. This is great. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Also, um, before we move on, just a quick question, Matt, about some of the other follow-up tests or some of the other ideas um, that you think might be worth looking into from this point on. What are some other things that maybe you guys have thought about or, or might be looking at? And just, uh, again, for the audience, please throw in some Q&A for some other future test ideas or some other uh, responses on this. Yeah, if anybody has any ideas, I'm more than welcome to hear them. You know, certain things like maybe trying a, sh a shorter landing page, um, shortening up the form a little bit, um, different different things like that are, are really the main things we've been looking at. Okay. Yeah, when we uh, when we look at pages, I'm going to jump in here real quick. You know, the the amount of content that you give a customer can always be tested and should be tested because what we usually say is. You only want to give them enough to make the smart buying decision or, or smart decision to continue to do it or not. And so that may be the long copy page, and that may be the best way to do it. But if there's anything that doesn't significantly help communicate the value proposition of why they should do the trial, you can usually remove it and actually get a bump up on the page because it's less information for a customer to process. So it's like it's the clarity of the information on the page, and if you can do that in a, in a shorter, cleaner page, do it, and you'll probably get good results. If it takes you more text, make it longer. Don't 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 be concerned with short or long page. Be concerned with the amount of information that's needed to communicate with your customers effectively. That is the key metric. So, thank you all. One uh, one quick question that came in from the audience: Were these landing pages accessible through the website or only through the paper click? Only yes. through the only through the paper click. Great. All right. A couple of other quick suggestions before we move on. Uh, Someone in the audience, Lorena, says move the form up under the bullets, include free trial in the headline, maybe use try this award winning as a small headline or above the form, some headline, uh, least sign, more graphics to break up the heavy copy appearance, and um, then you've just got an awful lot of kudos flowing in here. So, again, I want to reiterate what Jimmy said. Thanks, Matt, for sharing the, uh, sharing the case study with us. And we're going to, uh, just a quick note to the rest of the audience, when you have a similar scenario where you've gotten a case study, you've uh, taken the marketing experiments conversion sequence. This is something that you've seen us try and do more with lately, um, trying to get our audience more involved, make this a real community based around optimization, testing, and results. Uh, we're looking for more stories like this. So if you get them, please share them with us. We're trying to get 
our uh, contributors and our audience and our participants more involved in what we do so that we can all continue learning from each other and uh, learning about the results. So with that said, um, we are going to move on to our fourth case study. This is a BuzzBuilder Pro submitted by Jake Atwood. And I believe this one, uh, Aaron, are you on the line? Are you ready to take this one? I am. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was submitted by James Atwood. James is the, uh, I guess, the CEO of BuzzBuilder, and BuzzBuilder is, was working with a client, Ceridian, who offers HR and payroll software, and they were using their email lead generation to, uh, to generate leads. So this one's a little bit different than the, lot, the other ones that you've seen where we were looking at, at web pages and landing pages. In this case, we're actually looking at some tests that James, James and his, his uh, staff was able to do with, uh, with, uh, with their email campaigns. So if we go to the next slide, we'll take a look at the, uh, the control email. This was the, this was the email that they were originally using. Um, and uh, go ahead and advance the slide, Hunter, here. And what I'd like you to do is take a quick glance at this email and send in some, send in some, uh, uh, some suggestions of how uh, potentially improve upon it. And what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll look at those. We'll read those, we'll read those here, and we'll also uh, progress through here. So just to give you some stats, um, this message was designed by Ceridian sales, sales team. They had a, uh, an open rate of 6.5% and a response rate of 4.2%. Uh, subject line was cost savings opportunity, and uh, um, the message then went into uh, some cost-saving efforts that they've been able to do with other, other companies like United Airlines, Costco, and, uh, and then was uh, signed from a sales rep who was looking for a 30-minute meeting with, uh, um, with the person that they were sending the email to. Uh, James points out that there was no clear value proposition, and it used a passive voice um, and did not compel a lot of emotion or response. Um, Hunter, do we, uh, we get any responses from our, uh, from our audience? Audience, please feel free to Absolutely. send in your recommendations. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of people here who are saying, uh, as Robert mentioned, the subject line is a little generic. It sounds like spam. It starts off too negative. Yes. Intro sentence is not gripping or relevant. Start with the subject line. Uh, a lot of people are saying the subject line looks like spam, actually. Opportunity, very spammy <laughs> words. Uh, a lot of people are going the same way here. Okay, very good. Well, it, I think that James and his staff uh, was able to, were able to, uh, to, to find those same uh, issues. They uh, um, go on to the next slide. They noted that, that um, it wasn't just the subject line, but they wanted to tackle um, Hunter, my oh, there we Looks like it might have jumped a slide. Maybe not. All right. Um, sorry, my notes are different here. Um, the uh, things that James uh, uh, tried to address, they, they, in the redesign, they, they attempted to address clarity of the value proposition, friction, and incentive. And they attempted to do this in both the subject line and in the message. So you see over here on the left-hand side, they had two treatments for subject lines. And on the right-hand side, they had the one treatment for the body copy. On the subject lines, they, they changed the subject to conversation with you and your CEO, and the second treatment, which was workforce reduction at, and they, they in, inserted uh, the company name. On the right-hand side, they now entered uh, a user or a um, email recipient's first name, 
they've tried to personalize that, that email that they're sending, and they've also sent a PS message. Folks, if, if you're out there and you're, uh, you're, you're running an email campaign, make sure you test the PS message. We have seen dramatic results um, from testing or adding just a PS message. Every piece of your email campaign needs to, do, needs to be selling. Um, and a great way to, to add an additional urgency or some additional information or some additional offer is with that PS message. So James did this, and uh, let's look at the results on the, uh, on the next slide. So the best performing uh, subject line and the best perform and and this this new email increased response rate for, or increased open rate from 6.5 percent to 18 to 22 percent depending upon which uh, uh, subject line they were they were using. It increased response rate from 4.2 percent to 18 percent. That's that is over a 300 percent increase, and I think. Raise your hand if, uh, if, you're, uh, uh, if, if you'd be happy with a 300% increase. I think most of us uh, on the phone would. But, uh, but Jake actually was not, um, was not, Jake and his team were, were actually not happy with, the, with this increase. They, they, they followed this up with additional tests. So even though they were able to accomplish 300% gain, on this first set of tests, they, they actually uh, they actually came up with with follow-up tests. And Hunter, let's let's take a look at those. So in, in this iteration, what they did was it's actually really interesting. They added a teaser email to the process. So they they didn't remove the the regular email that had the primary message, um, that had the primary call to action. But what they did was they added the teaser. Now they did modify a little bit of the copy in the in the second email, but the big change was that they added this teaser email. So the teaser was a preemptive. We're going to be contacting you in a few days. Just make sure you look out for our email. We have something exciting to to talk with you about. And the subject line for this teaser was actually uh, um, company um, company name, company conversation. Um, and uh, on the next slide, we'll take a look at the, uh, the second email. All right. And this looks very similar. I think you'll notice this looks very similar to the previous email that they've done. They did make a few uh, text changes because of the teaser email, but the, the big change in here was adding that teaser, that teaser email. So, again, it's meeting regarding, regarding company X. It's, it is... Uh, they're they're sending this email and they're following up with a um, uh, with an email with a call to action. The big change here is that they added this teaser into the process. And let's take a look at the results. All right. Now uh, I'm going to blame the editorial staff here for for not noticing, but for trying to minimize uh, Jake's uh, results here. It's actually a 638% increase, not a six, not a 63.8% increase. 638% increase. Control open rate went from uh, went from 6.5% to in the treatment with the teaser email. It went to a, it, it went to an open rate of 48%, and the response rate jumped from 4.2% to 31%. 
That is a 638% increase. Remarkable. The, uh, Aaron, just so you know, I want to blame that on the uh, slippery decimal test validity yeah. threat. I think that's okay. what happened there, and we'll fix that for the brief, obviously. Uh, but you're right, that is an amazing gain. It's 638%. Uh, and so for all of you who are testing copy, watch out for the slippery decimal. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Hunter. Um, but it, it's, it is something that we, have, uh, we haven't talked much about on, uh, on any of these web clinics, but what Jake attempted to do with that teaser email was build up demand before actually sending the email with the call to action. And as you can see from the results, it worked really well. The, look at the, uh, the, next, the next email, uh, or the next slide, Hunter. I, I love Jake's quote here, but first let's, let's just get to this key point. And, and it, it applies whether you're working with landing page optimization, an email campaign, or any sort of lead generation effort. Uh, whenever you are dealing with a customer, they ask these – you, you've probably heard Flint say this a hundred times, but they, they, they are asking this question, and they are looking for this, whether, they, whether they, they spit it out of their mouth or if they're just thinking about it internally. And it's, where am I at? What can I do here? And what should I do with it? You need to – if your landing page does not accomplish this, if your email campaigns do not accomplish this, you're not achieving the best – conversion rate from your efforts. Now, look at this, uh, look at this quote from Jacobs. He said that he used to put that on his website that he was able to get uh, increases of over 500% response rate and conversion, um, but he had to take it down off of his website because, because none of his clients believed it or because none of the people coming to his website believed it. So, uh, uh, Jake, we're, we're all believers here. Um, I, uh, I'd just like to congratulate your team on the, uh, the great success that you had with this effort. And uh, um, just uh, you, can, you, can, uh, you can now quote uh, marketing experiments as your, as your third-party credibility indicator uh, proving that you, uh, that you did achieve your 600% or 500% uh, increase. Um, now, if we look at the, the, the final slide here, Hunter, we, we do have some, uh, um, some follow-up. For, for, this, uh, for this specific test. Um, first off, look for, look for ways to talk with your prospects. Um, allow them to discover more about their needs. Provide increased uh, quantity of service. Not just, um, uh, not just uh, the, the, uh, the service itself, but, but when, you are doing, when you are integrating this teaser search, Make sure that you're testing things like duration. Well, you've 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 added this you've added this teaser search into your your service, and you've you found that it it does increase conversion. But what you need to do now is is find out at what point can you impact conversion the greatest? At what point is it 24 hours? Is it 48 hours? Is it is it um, if you're implementing this teaser result on uh, at, at, uh, on your own campaigns? Do you need to – is it best accomplished with one email? Is it a series of emails before the, the, the sale that, that can help drum up the demand? Um, other other follow-up tests that we, uh, that we have for, uh, um, that we have for, for Jake, you've, 
you were able to accomplish 31 per, uh, 31% response rate, and it's hard hard to even imagine a greater response rate than uh, um, than what you um, what you were able to do here. But perhaps looking at a third email that goes after that 69% that did not respond to the first two that did not respond after the first two emails, something lines of uh, we. Uh, you know, we've tried contacting you over the past week and realized that you, that you might be busy, and is there a good time that we can set up? Something along those lines might help you to recover that additional 69% of, uh, of the audience, audience that you're, uh, you're, um, you're missing. Great point, Aaron. I want to throw out that same question again to our clinical audience. You've seen uh, the different variations on the email. And um, we wanted to get some of your suggestions. Aaron talked about a couple, one which was uh, particularly interesting, adding a third to the sequence. What are some things that you've done with your emails? What are some ideas that you think might be useful in terms of where to go from this point? Send them in through the Q&A. We'll take a quick look over them. And uh, while we're looking at those, and some of those are coming in there, I want to uh, just mention one other uh, point that was on the takeaway slide, if we just go forward to this a little bit, um, a lot of what we talked about, and we kind of said this at the beginning, was uh, relationships, the idea that people buy from people, not from websites. This, of course, is particularly the case with B2B, where sales cycles are longer, it's a different audience than B2C. Uh, that concept certainly applies, but as anyone involved with B2B and relationship sales knows, uh, this is a key part of it. You need to establish a higher level of trust. There are higher credibilities. There are higher price tags. The bar is just higher in certain ways. And what we've seen here with some of these tests, they've taken these elements, the value proposition, the friction, the incentive, the various pieces, and what they've done with some of their tests and what they've really worked on are ways to increase the conversation, to build that trust, to build that credibility, to build that personal tone or that conversation there. Uh, and we've seen it in emails. We've seen it on the landing pages. We've seen it in a couple different channels here. Um, and that's something really important to keep in mind when you're doing these tests, when you are talking with a B2B audience. So that's one thing that uh, I got out of some of these case studies. Jimmy, I wanted to throw it back to you and see if you had uh, any other questions or thoughts you wanted to toss in there. Or Aaron? No, man. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> Matt, how about you? You still with us? You have some more thoughts on what we've looked at today? I'm here. Uh, you know, I just think it's uh, a testament to what you guys are doing, that the techniques work. I was just a participant myself, and uh, if you pay attention and, and apply them diligently, you can have some amazing results, and I appreciate what you guys are up to. Well, thanks very much, and thanks again to our audience here. Uh, I just want to give you a quick update on some of the related sessions that we have coming up that we hope you'll join us with. Um, we have a whole slew of new events, both live and virtual. We are taking our training team on the road. You can come out and meet Jimmy, Aaron, uh, and the gang. We have live optimization workshops in Dallas and Seattle. We have a couple of other e-workshops and web clinics coming up, positioning your company and value proposition. Uh, our next web clinic on Wednesday the 27th, we will be doing with our special guest, Stefan Tornquist from Marketing Sherpa. 
It's on optimizing e-commerce. We have some great case studies for that one as well. And um, I'm getting some Q&A here. When are you coming to the D.C. area? Actually, our team will be there for SIPA, uh, the Specialized Information Publishers Association Conference, at the beginning of June. We are also looking at extending our training tour through several other cities this year. So please do us a favor. When you log out and use the clinic sign-off survey, please use the additional comments field to let us know uh, where you are, where you'd like to see us visit. We are still building out cities for the summer and the fall for our optimization workshops, the same training that uh, folks have used to get the case studies that you see here. Of course, uh, we're always still looking for research partners, and I mentioned earlier that I had um, forgotten to um, mention the clinic contest that we had today. I think everybody who is with us already knows about it, um, but just to make sure that you know, when you log out today, you will get the survey, uh, the attendee survey. Please fill that out and let us know what you thought of today, the other things that we've been talking about. We will choose three winners at random to win one of our certification courses each, and that includes the landing page optimization, uh, the online testing fundamentals, and email marketing. You'll have your choice. Our last winners, uh, Operation Smile, uh, Stockwatch, and I'm drawing a blank on the third right now, but they were on our blog. We're very happy to have our B2C winners. We're very happy to do this again for our B2B audience. So please give us your feedback in the surveys. As you know, we do read all of these. We try and respond to as many as we can. We put them on the blog as Q&A. We do live optimization with them and we use them in the research brief that you'll be getting via email when, uh, you, when you'll be notified when today's clinic is online. So with that, um, again, we look forward to your comments. We hope you'll join us at some of the upcoming events that we mentioned here, and we will see you in about two weeks with our e-commerce web clinic. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our participants on the call. And thanks again to everyone who was involved in case studies.